Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What up, Daniel? Not much. Hey, what up to our new listeners out there? Welcome to DIY Money. We've been seeing those stats jump. So welcome all you listeners of the podcast where you been. so much for joining the show. The gist is real simple. We take questions. We got a doozy today. Steven, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey guys, this is Steven, and I'm going to be graduating from college this year. I'll be starting with a base salary at my new job of $72,000. I'm going to have a very low cost of living, and I'm wondering if it makes more sense to start at a traditional 401k to lower my taxes right away. I'm also wondering, um, for most people, what is a good number where you should switch from Roth contributions to traditional contributions? The hard number that I've read online is 124000 where you're forced to change, but what is a number that makes sense for someone my age who's single and it can live really cheaply? Boom. Nice job on the $72,000 starting salary out of college, Stephen. That's awesome. Bravo. Excellent job. That's fantastic. We wish you the best in that. Uh, this is interesting because I am intrigued. I'm, I'm curious of what you say to this, Daniel, if you have any hard and fast rules uh, regarding post-contribution versus pre-tax contribution into a 401k, etc. So what say you? All right. So there's a few things to, to think about here. And uh, first off, we are going to work with the assumption, because he didn't stay otherwise, that uh, Stephen, Stephen, right? Yes, Stephen is... Single, not married. Yeah, he said that at the end. Did he say it at the end? He okay, said good. it at the very end. Uh, thanks. I missed that part. Uh, because that's going to make a massive difference as far as tax brackets go around this income level. In fact, it, it makes a difference on taxable income. If his, if his actual taxable income was 72000 which it won't be because there's uh, standard deductions and things of that nature. But at that level, it could be a difference of 10% in taxes. So that's pretty significant. Uh, single people being uh, paying more at the same level of income as uh, two married people at that same level of income. So, uh, but generally speaking, uh, when it comes to contributions to pre or post tax retirement accounts, what you are effectively making is kind of a bet or a hedge on what tax rates are going to look like in the future. Because all things being the same, it's whether or not you are going to pay a higher tax rate in the future or lower tax rate. Because uh, the math will work out ab- about the same between now and and then you'll have uh, your investment returns, you'll have your withdrawal rates, et cetera. And so the only variable there is the actual tax rate that you will pay. Now, assuming that you are going to land about that 22% tax rate, you could kind of go either way. Um, you know, we'd have to know more about your particular tax situation, what career you're in, uh, and what the sort of the long-term income implications of that career are. So for instance, if you're a uh, say an educator, and seventy-two thousand is pretty much what you're going to have, uh, inflation-adjusted, kind of out into the future. Um, you know, then your tax rate may be pretty similar now in retirement. If you are in technology, and this is sort of you know a starting base, 
and then you're going to increase that significantly later, uh, then your tax rate may be significantly higher later. And in that instance, you might want to do a Roth now. So uh, I would say uh, there's not a great rule of thumb here. It, you have to create some type of assumption whether or not you are going to move up the tax bracket later in life. Now, here was my philosophy early on in life. I didn't necessarily care a lot earlier on about reducing my taxes because I felt that that was not money that I was not going to necessarily miss at that juncture of life. Why do I say that? Because I, at that juncture of life, there was a lot more discretionary income in my budget. And so my philosophy was if I could put more of that into a Roth, pay some of that discretionary income and taxes, stuff that was going to things like entertainment and dining out and so forth. There it is. The Red Ryder 200 shot range model air rifle. Then that would grow tax free. And later on in life, when maybe discretionary income was a little bit tighter, for instance, like in retirement, I would appreciate the fact that there was no tax required on that. So uh, the other thing to think about is if you have the choice to max out a Roth, or max out an IRA, one of the things to think about is if you've maxed out the IRA, when you withdraw that, now you have to pay taxes on that. So it's going to kind of effectively reduce. If you can max out your Roth and the taxes are paid outside of that, when you withdraw out of that, you're getting basically 100% uh, of what you're taking out. I'm probably butchering kind of the word example there. Uh, I hope it makes sense. But uh, what I'm trying to get at is when you're younger, the tax situation is typically just a lot more favorable. You're not noticing when you do pay taxes as much as you will later in life. All right. Excellent. I want to clarify a couple things that Steven said um, because I, I don't want to confuse the two. Uh, first of all, getting back to the original question for those out there who don't know, and some people may even have no idea that their company offers this. Many corporations, uh, businesses now offer a Roth 401k savings options. So the difference is, is that unlike a traditional 401k where you are being, uh, you are putting money in pre-tax. So if you put in $100, that $100 has not been taxed yet. It's going in uh, income tax. It's not, or, or is it, yeah, it's right off the top, right? I'm having, I'm drawing a blank. Are they getting Medicare and Social Security taxed on that? Uh, Medicare and Social Security is taxed is on tax. retirement contributions, but you don't pay income tax. So you're not okay. So it's not coming through to your to your basic uh, basic uh, W-2 type income. So you're avoiding income tax um, on that amount. So if you put in hundred dollars, it's again it's pre your income tax amount. Now the the caveat is is that as you do that and as it grows, you uh, will pay tax at some point when you take it out. That's tax at ordinary income rates. And a lot of times what we see in our business is people who are aggressively funding their 401k and they're doing it with pre-tax dollars. They have a rude awakening when later down the road, kids are gone, mortgages paid off. And what I'm alluding to there are the deductions. <laughs> so no kid deductions or credits, really. Uh, mortgage interest is non-deductible now because there's no, there's no mortgage. Uh, and ultimately, they're going to be living off of this, what is now an IRA, and they have a, a rude awakening to say, holy cow, this is 100% taxable. I was supposed to be in a lower tax bracket now. I'm now having to pay 100% ordinary income tax on every dollar I withdraw. That's a, a shock. And so I approach it much like Daniel does and try to strike a balance. So a lot of people don't even know that 
what many companies offer is a post-tax option in the form of a Roth 401k. You've heard shows of ours based on the Roth before. This is a little bit different. I'm going to talk about that in a second, where it's inside your 401k. So unlike, and this is where, Stephen, I think you got some confusion, unlike contribution limits, both the annual contribution limit of, let's say, $6,500 and income limits, for example, how much you can make an income before you are ineligible to participate in a Roth IRA, you don't have those limitations inside a Roth 401k. So I think that's very important. You have the max 401 contribution, uh, 401k contribution limit of 19,500 this year, 2020, and there's no income level that that eliminates you from doing this. Okay, that's different than making Roth IRA contributions. So I want to make that very clear. But many people have this option; they don't even know it. What? Huh? They have the option of saying, okay, tax me on this now. I'm going to put it into the Roth. That's going to be my 401k contribution. But then you'll never be taxed on it again. Now, you alluded to being single, not having you know children at this point, no mortgage interest to deduct. So, yeah, you're in a you know maybe a little higher bracket than you will be if you're married with kids, et cetera. But like Daniel, I like the idea of putting that money that you're contributing into the Roth portion now, favoring your tax bracket now. Now, make uh, other make 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 something else clear, and this is important to understand. The employer contribution, if there is a match, that does not go into your Roth portion. That goes into your uh, pre-tax 401k portion. So here's another thing to understand. Now you're putting your amount in your Roth 401k. The employer is putting their amount into the regular 401k. Hopefully, whoever the custodian is keeps those buckets separate. But file this in the back of your brain, Stephen. When you leave that employer and you seek to do a rollover IRA or roll it into your new company 401k, Please, and I and I implore you, make sure you keep those amounts separate. If by chance you make a mistake and they end up being commingled into a regular IRA or into a pre-tax 401k, I, I promise you it will be very, very difficult for you to unwind that in the future without the IRS raising a stink. And you can fight for it and you can, you know, but it'll be just a pain in the neck so that you can then ultimately roll that into a Roth. So if you leave your employer and you decide, you know what, I want to just roll this into an outside IRA, you would roll your company match into an outside IRA, you would roll your portion into a Roth IRA. If you roll it into your new 401k, you want to make sure that they have a pre- and post-tax option. So I know that's a lot to understand, but hopefully it was helpful because this is a subject matter. I love the question. It's why we used it. I'm with Daniel. I like, regardless of the tax situation, unless it's just exorbitantly different, I like the opportunity of taking advantage of the Roth. It's not the same as a Roth IRA contribution. So you have a 19.5 contribution limit, not the 6,500, and you don't have an income limitation like you were alluding to in your question. When you leave, however, remember, 
Keep them separate. Very important. You don't want to lose the tax benefit that you set yourself up for. Steven, great question. That was excellent. Will, our intern, will send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Anything else to add on that, Daniel? Yeah, I will say when you talk about those two buckets, a lot of 401k providers actually won't show you that. Like when you log into your account, you'll just see account balance. But behind the scenes, they are... They have to be keeping track of that for you if you've signed up for the 401k and there are employer contributions. So know that it's there. If you have questions, you can ask them for kind of a breakdown of how that is. But when you log on, it'll just look like one big pot and that that's okay. They're not doing anything nefarious, but you'll have to work with them to understand what's what. But in personal experience, when we have rolled over folks who have both pre and post-tax contributions, if we don't tell them they will cut one check and it can easily go into an IRA. I have seen people yeah, you have who have to do done this before. They come to us and go, I thought I had post-tax money in there. And we find out that a previous advisor merged the two, and it's very difficult to unwind it. So that's why I stress that. Daniel's right. The custodian should have information on that. Uh, but nonetheless, you'll want to make sure you keep it separate when you do you're eventually you'll roll over unless you stay with that company forever and or you know you retire etc steven great question thanks again uh for sending that in all steven did was send us a voice memo he got on his smartphone he recorded a voice memo and he emailed it to us podcast at diymoney.org that's podcast at diymoney.org we used his question obviously on the show now he'll get a 25 dollar amazon gift card so that's fantastic just terrific all right if you uh don't follow us yet on instagram please make sure you do it's diy.money that's diy.money or join the diy tribe on facebook if you're still on there that's the diy tribe and we talk all about budgeting personal finance etc in that group remember friends the secret to wealth is very simple live on less than you make invest the rest and do so for a very long time make it a great one Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.